You're listening to the Built Shapes Podcast presented by Midco Sports. Do not miss Midco Sports coverage of UND Athletics this October featuring live football, volleyball, soccer, and hockey broadcasts, plus original shows like Day by Day and Through These Doors, plus all the relevant social media updates and info that make you a better fan. That's Midco Sports. This is how we do sports. And this is the Built Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shaves Podcast. We're taping this on a Tuesday morning, October the 4th, episode 5 of the new season, episode 118 in this illustrious history of this podcast. I'm Alex Hannert. He is Bill Shaves. Bill, post-homecoming week, Bill, uh, looks pretty good, looks pretty happy. It was a pretty, pretty successful week last week in every aspect for the University of North Dakota. Yeah, Alex, good morning. Um, and, and I know you were busy for sure, and we were all busy. It was a great week. It was a great week. And uh, kudos, first and foremost, to our staff and all of our partners, right, that uh, that really kind of put on just a phenomenal week. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of competitions, and obviously those went, um, went pretty well. And then there was just so many other things going on on campus. You know, we're opening up a new business school. How many times do you do that, right? Like, once in our lifetime. I mean, really, truly, that's what ends up happening. So that was neat. Um, Of course, uh, you know, we had the alumni awards on Thursday night. We had uh, Hall of Fame Um, just happened to be uh, Hall of Fame was during homecoming week. Some week, some years it's that way. Some years it will not be that way. I mean, just just giving you a heads up, uh, depending on the schedule of 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 teams at that point in time. Uh, but it was great. It really, really was. A lot of alums were back, Alex, and uh, it was just fun, fun to see it. Um, and, you know, just, we just had a lot of games going on. I mean, everyone was home and it just happened to be that way. I mean, obviously, uh, um, you know, our, our, some of our other sports, you know, potentially were on the road, you know, potentially, you know, running and all that rot, but the, but the, I will call it our, quote unquote ticketed sports if you will um had everybody home and seems like people were going from venue to venue yeah it really did didn't it it was just one after the next after the next i should ask so again in my by my count seven home events in total between volleyball which had three matches at home soccer which had two football of course and hockey each with one apiece the success rate was pretty good six and one over the course of the week including six and oh over the weekend how did you do all this? How does your, I mean, just, you mentioned a bit ago that again, the staff does a phenomenal job as you're trying to set this up and make this work. And again, three events on Saturday and people are going from one thing to the next as the athletic director, Mm. how do you pull the strings to make this all happen? Divide and conquer and have great people. I mean, that's it. And, Mm. and, you know, and I think, you know, we talked about it on a previous pod when we were uh, lucky enough to partner, uh, repartner with Midco. Um, and, uh, you know, there's just a lot of moving parts. And now with the advent that Midco is really bringing our soccer team um, to a different level, certainly uh, from a, I'll call it a television standpoint. I mean, it could be from streaming. It could be linear. It could be both. But, um, you know, there's just a lot of moving parts. There really are. And almost you have to go event by event and then figure out who's the, the who's the key persons uh, in those events. And to some degree, 
divide, right? You got to make sure that you have, you know, some things happening. I'd say the one tricky thing that we're actually talking already ahead again next year, and we just got to be really thoughtful about how you do it. Um, when you do have the volleyball piece going on, of course, we play Thursday, Saturdays. And if you do have football and hockey in our situation, when is the right time to play? Is there a right time to play? And so we're going to try to have that conversation, um, you know, ahead of the game here. And uh, I don't know, do you, do you bump it to Sunday? Do you do what we did? I, I don't know. I mean, there's probably no real right answer, but I just think you have to be thoughtful. Yeah, the volleyball team playing at 10 a.m., you know, in the Betty, obviously not not ideal, maybe. They certainly played pretty well. It didn't, it didn't affect the performance on the court as they sweep Oral Roberts uh, to move them to 4-1 and one in conference play. But we'll talk, we'll talk more about that in just a bit. But it was such a great week and, and beautiful weather, people out. You mentioned the Hall of Fame. Again, so fun to have some greats of the university back on campus with their families reliving memories from recent seasons kudos to our alumni foundation who really do a just a phenomenal job of all the details um and you know and it is about the details and i from uh from every inductee that came back um you know they all just said just taking care of right from right from jump right when they the announcement was made making sure that they had everything they needed and and i thought paul ralston did uh you know a very very nice job uh hosting and uh you know that you know and again this is going to sound crazy alex and uh i I love the whole night right like so i'm not going to pick out one particular thing because i just love the fact that you know these are some of the you know i'll call it the best of the best that that ever suited up at UND and we're able to honor them. Right. And so that's awesome. But the one thing that I think we've kind of maybe figured out, if you will, we were done by eight o'clock and Hmm. that's, that's a big deal. Like, because I, I just think when you've got folks coming back, they've got teammates there, they've got a few other folks, you want to provide them also the opportunity to socialize with themselves. Not that the event isn't like, maybe the cherry on top, so to speak. But I think you just don't want to also belabor it. And and I think, you know, Paul did a really nice job of moving it along. And I'll say this, it was 7.57. I mean, that's that's the exact time that we were were done. So it was awesome. Paul Ralston, get that guy doing the Oscars. Let's just... Keep it cruising. That's he, awesome. He moved it along, man. I'm just telling you, you know, the, the game within the game, you know, we were saying, hey, we got to <laughs> we got to move this to give people an opportunity to visit with each other afterwards. Well, that is it. I mean, it's that relationship piece. And you don't get much of that when you are you know, sitting at a table and, and listening to, to speakers or, or to Paul's jokes. It was great that they were able to no offense to Paul's jokes because he's, he's a funny guy. He's got jokes. But awesome that you were able to facilitate that and let those people have that night. Yeah, so it was good. So, you know, so next year, uh, even looking ahead to next year, next year, we're going to split them. Um, We're going to have homecoming uh, one weekend and then for a variety of reasons. And again, uh, it it just depends on the year, if you will. We're actually going to do the Hall of Fame the following week uh, on a Thursday, just similar to how the alumni does their awards uh, on that Thursday night. We're going to do it on a Thursday night um, prior to the uh, North Dakota State uh, home football game. 
And so we, so, so there's some other pieces to the puzzle as to the reasons why we're doing that. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we're going to do that next year. And either way, I, I mean, as long as you know, well in advance, I mean, you're going to make mm-hmm. the decision to come back if you're being honored. So we just have to communicate that well. Yeah. Well, good to know for the future again, congrats on everybody that was involved with hall of fame weekends, uh, this weekend to our new inductees. It was a big weekend from that standpoint, as well as we look back over the past of North Dakota athletics. Similar story as we look forward. The release of the facilities master plan came out earlier in the week. Just a detailed list of what the goals are to continue to reshape what campus looks like for UND athletics. Talk us through, Bill, just some of the high points of that plan that came out the other day. I thought the timing was good during homecoming week to try to, you know, get at least, um, a visual out and uh, the way we kind of described it in the release, I guess we're not big fans of bullet forms, but at the end of the day, I think it was just easier to read if you will. And so, um, you know, all of our, uh, all of the facility projects that we're looking to do all have a different way to some degree, potentially to be funded. Some could be a hundred percent philanthropic, like the addition to the Pollard center, which we're still fundraising for, by the way. So uh, get my plug in on the pod. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you're interested in helping, please get a hold of me or Mike Manasa or whomever, right? I mean, we will, we will gladly have a conversation uh, about what we're thinking because we're in the home stretch right now of, of that fundraising piece. The, the Memorial Village is a public-private partnership, and I think we spoke about that a, a couple pods back. And so that's just a different way of, of being in a facility. Um, and then we're looking at other things, you know, potentially partnering with our, uh, our, our teammates at the Ralph, you know, trying to figure out what's next there, if you will. And, and so that conversation is, is about, you know, getting with Jody and, and the board and, and, and figuring those pieces out on how that could work. And so I think our thought process was, hey, here's our 17 sports right now. Here's what we're trying to do moving forward. I mean, that, so that so I come in every day. That's what I'm thinking, right? Like at the end of the day, um, you know, our park district, who we have um, connectivity with, certainly with uh, Choice uh, Health and Fitness, where tennises are, and currently softball, Apollo Field, you know, but at some point, we'd like to bring softball back on campus. We'd like to have it on campus. And so we have a spot for it. Now you just have to fundraise for it. So again, uh, all of that to be said, I thought it was good for our fan base to say, hey, there's a bigger picture going on here. And those are the, those, these are the way the pieces and the puzzle will fit. I think it was really well received. There were a lot of exciting nuggets in there. You mentioned the softball piece. That was almost maybe the biggest, like, hey, this is a huge shift and a big undertaking. But everything that's going on at Memorial right now, knowing that the groundbreaking for that now has a date. And you mentioned the timing, Bill. What better time than when people are back on campus, you're celebrating the university, you're celebrating the athletics department. Let's talk about the future. So congrats on getting that out and best of luck as you continue to raise the funds to make those dreams reality. Yeah, we have a generous uh, donor base and alums that, you know, I think hopefully will be excited about it as well. And sometimes you just have to show an image. Sometimes you actually have to just show what you're thinking. And then maybe it's a little bit easier to get folks uh, understanding what we're trying to do. And, you know, I I, I probably am remiss of, of saying, you know, many of the facilities we've been in have served us incredibly well over the course of time. But again, I think evolving, and I heard the same thing when I was at the ribbon cutting for the Nistler School of Business, 
sometimes the actual facility you're in gives you the chance to be world-class. And at the end of the day, you know, um, Gamble Hall gave us, uh, you know, uh, many, many years on the business side, but Nistler now, I, I think gives us a chance to have one of the best business schools literally in the world. And so at the end of the day, those are some of the things we're trying to do. We're trying to be best in class in everything we do at UND. Yeah, just another step as this campus continues to evolve. And it's it's just, again, from an outside perspective, amazing to see the steps that just in the last couple of years that have happened to really turn this campus around and, again, continue to keep it at the forefront. Well, and you know better than anyone, um, you know, I, 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 I love the location of where we play soccer right now. It needs infrastructure. It needs some infrastructure and we need to keep building on that. I mean, you know, I, not to just pick on one, one sport, but I think I can go right down the list of all of the various um, uh, facilities that we either compete in or practice in. And you can easily say, Hey, we need to, you know, do a, B and C. And if you add them all up, wow, it'd be pretty good. It doesn't mean you have to do them all at once either. And so at the end of the day, um, you know, we're excited about it, but that's the vision. And I think uh, hopefully our fan base is excited about that. Yeah. It, it, there's, there's plenty to be excited about from that group. And and we're going to get into some of the, the, the results that led to excitement over the course of the weekend. Now, as you run down the Mulberry Bush, the, you could start in a lot of different ways because all of these teams right now in the fall, when you come off a week where everybody goes 6-0 and over the weekend, you're going to have a lot of positive things. Let's maybe just go chronologically and start with volleyball, which got things going on Tuesday. They had a three-week or three-game homestand this week. They fall to South Dakota State on Tuesday, but a good match back and forth. The Jacks are good this year. They fall 3-1. Then they follow it up with a pair of sweeps over Kansas City and Oral Roberts. They're now 4-1 in conference. They're second place in the league. Bill, this was a team that that won one match all of last season. They look like they're a contender this year in this conference. What a turnaround for Jesse Tupac and company. Yeah, I, I, I do like uh, in talking with Jesse, every time I talk with him, he literally does not talk wins and losses. He really, really mm-hmm. doesn't. He, he just talks about our team getting better and trying to figure out how to continue to find a way to get us better. And, uh, and, and, and I think the results will take care of themselves. And uh, yeah, we're watching a team like grow up right before our very eyes. And uh, you know, it's, uh, it's exciting for sure. Yeah. I think the Jacks are good. I think they are. I think they're one of the top teams for sure. Now, you know, we've got to go on the road and kind of figure it out uh, in some way, shape or form, obviously NDSU has, uh, has played um, very, very well. Uh, and so that'll, be an exciting match down in Fargo. Um, but uh, yeah, this team is, uh, this team's put themselves in position now to kind of dream a little bit. So, you know what, but we got to continue to get better each week. Yeah, that's just it. Again, great early returns so far as a phenomenal opening five games to the Summit League season. And the, one of the great things, so the win Thursday, that was the first home win since 2019. Like they had the 24 straight matches at home and that they had not come up with the W. And that's, Yes, Bill. <laughs> you shake your head. It is. It is you unthinkable that you'd go that long. And obviously, the pandemic plays a part, and there was some weird stuff going on. But the team was so happy after that match. And we talked to Elizabeth Norris on air after they get done against the Ruse, and the smile on that young lady's face, ear to ear. I mean, she had never won a match at home, and how good that must have felt. And she's a junior. How good that must have felt for them to taste winning, and now to want more. 
like I said, very tough week coming up at NDSU. They're 5-0. They're tops in the league right now. Then the next week, they go to UNO and to Denver, two of the league favorites as well. So we'll learn more about this team. But gosh, you just the way they've played with such energy and enthusiasm, playing together, great mix of the new kids coming in and the returners stepping up. It just positive vibes all around that volleyball program. Yeah, right the, the, you know, I think when you put yourself in the arena and you are actually having wins and losses, you know, some strange things can happen at times. And, you know, I can just say there was a myriad of things that seemed to kept stacking up on it for that program. And, uh, you know, I think we've uh, just about checked every, um, I'll call it streak that, that was, that we were on off and, uh, and hopefully are heading in the other direction now, um, as far as, you know, trying to do some, some awesome streaking ourselves. And so, uh, but yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was an odd one. I mean, back from 19 and it's just, uh, there's just some strange things that, that uh, phenomenon that, that went on, but long story short, excited for the team. I think they've played exceptionally well, but you know, they're not going to be satisfied with what's transpiring right now. They got to continue to get better. Yeah. And that's, and that's the mindset that they've had as well. Even in victory over the weekend, you still saw that saying, Hey, just looking to get better tomorrow, get better the next day, keep working on things. They've had a great start. But yeah, like I said, long season to come. Big games coming up again. Just one match this week, so a chance to practice. Not have to worry so much about preparing for the next opponent that's coming the day after the next opponent that's coming the day after the next. Great for them to be able to focus. And then a quick trip to Fargo for a big match coming up next Saturday. Women's soccer got things going on Friday during the week. Couple of big one nothing wins for them. Chris Logan and crew come back home. They beat Western and really a pretty dominant performance. I know it was just one nothing, but they really controlled that game. Could have scored a few more. And then they take on a St. Thomas team, which was joint tops in the league with Denver on Sunday. And similar story. Great first half, controlled the game, got the goal, and then locked it down in the second half. And we're able to come out with six points on the weekend. They are now right up near the top of the table, second place in the summit. Great performances by the young ladies all around. Yeah, you know, and again, you're you're the, the soccer expert on this pod. But at the end of the day, yeah, it seems like we are, we certainly um, are playing very well defensively. It, it seems like we've got our... Um, our house in order on the, in that side of the field. And uh, I think for our program uh, for this year, anyways, it's going to be, you know, can, can we put the ball in the back of the net? Right. I mean, it was nice to see Hannah score on, uh, on Sunday. And uh, yeah, I, I just, um, I just feels like this team um, it's got a pretty good ceiling. I, I just, I think the ceiling might be is, 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 is how we end up playing when we have opportunities and chances to score. Yeah, that's you said it. I mean, that's it's a game where one moment of magic or one mistake typically determine the outcome. And North Dakota came up with the magic on Friday. It was a long ball from the back, and Hannah Olson runs on it and just beats the defender and scores. On Sunday, it was a corner kick that Hannah Olson rises up and scores on. Both good goals. Both I mean, great both goals. both great goals. I mean, you know, um, both goals. We're all about us executing, but yes. at the end of the day, it just feels like in this moment right now, um, I don't, I'm not sure how many opportunities we're getting offensively yet, but I will tell you, you know what, that can continue to grow too. I talked to Chris, uh, on Saturday and, uh, we were talking about some other things like 
orange cards. But at the end of the day, um, he just said he, ha- you know, he feels good where we are right now. And he, he feels like there's, you know, there's, there's a higher ceiling for us on the offensive side. Yeah, and they, they created chances. He mentioned two with me as well in our conversation before the match. We just got to work on that final that final pass and then and then the finish. And, you know, we saw on Sunday's match too, I mean, Paula Moreno-Diaz hits the post, you know, from a great volley attempt at the top of the box. There's a couple scrambles off corner kicks where they had opportunities. Mary Gassaway with the flip throw is always a danger. They have some wrinkles there, and they're pretty good on set pieces, and they can beat you in open play. But like you said, it's just a matter of, generating a few more of those chances per match and then taking advantage of the ones they generate. So Alex, dumb question, dumb question, but the pod, the pod asks these types of questions. <laughs> you can actually score on a throw in. Mary has done so this I year. Know, Wyoming. But I know, yeah. I guess I just didn't even, uh, that doesn't even compute with me to some degree. Like I, I know she did, but it was like, Hmm. Okay. You, you, it, you can literally do that. Once it's in play. Yeah. It, it's, it's wild, but it can happen. You can obviously, you can score off a corner. I mean, that's what an Olympico is. You can score directly from a corner. You can score off a throw-in too. Interesting. Interesting. But she's a weapon. She's a, she's a, yes. That's a massive advantage. When you can get a throw-in with, you know, in the attacking third, it's essentially a corner, if not almost better than a corner, because teams aren't quite used to adjusting to this high lofted ball that comes in. It is a huge weapon, and you've seen this around the country. There's a gal from Mississippi State that is a flip thrower, that, and, and she's had great success. There's a gal from UCLA. There's a couple around the nation. But if you can do it, if you've got somebody on your team, and the great thing about Mary, by the way, as we really go deep into the soccer world, Mary's a pretty good central defender. She held her own this weekend against a uh, St. Thomas team that was tops in the league in terms of goals scored. So the fact that she is good at her position and adds this as well and she's just a sophomore, if I believe. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good person to have on your back line. Yeah, you you'd mentioned that on the uh, broadcast on Sunday, and and you're not wrong in this sense. It's like weirdly, you might have more control on where you want to put this to some degree because she's so good at it that she probably can decide in some ways where she's going to go with it. Whereas a corner sometimes can be a tricky. Yeah, she's she's certainly a threat when they get in those positions. And again, congrats, by the way, again to Hannah, who was the Summit League Offensive Player of the Week this week after, again, scoring those two goals. Maddie Livingston, a pair of shutouts, pretty good. I think she's up to eight combined shutouts now on the season. She had a couple with Abby Ellenberger as well earlier in the year when they sort of traded on and off. But defensively, again, I think they've allowed two goals in their last six games, and both of those came against Denver who is the reigning regular season champions. So defensively, locking it down. They got to go on the road now. A couple of big road games on the way against Oral Roberts and Kansas City this weekend. But then soccer finishes out with three at home. Big match against NDSU on the 16th, and then SDSU and USD on the 21st and 23rd. Top six, you're in the postseason. Chris Logan has said we're still aiming for top four. That's still the goal, to be top four, to be able to be a higher seed. They're certainly in position right now, again, tied for second in the league. through Absolutely. Games. Absolutely. Football got things going on Saturday. Huge game at the Alara Center. Number seven, Missouri State coming in. Again, North Dakota coming off a, a tough one on the road against Southern Illinois the week before. Bill, there were some moments there in that first half. 21-10, most state has the certainly all the momentum that, you know, they score, they get the turnover, they score again. What a response, though, from this North Dakota team to get the touchdown before the half and then get a field goal late as well, and you're down by one going into the break. 
And then they really just kind of rolled from there. The offense was unstoppable in the second half, and they pull out the 48-31 win. Huge victory for Bubba Schweigert and the boys. Yeah. Um, the positive the week before in Carbondale was I thought our team played hard. I mean, we I thought they, you know, we 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 came and Bubba had mentioned it, you know, we didn't turn the ball over there. And we gave ourselves a chance. We were down seven, even though I it felt like all day for sure we were chasing, right? We were yep. chasing mm-hmm. the game. Um, we chased a little bit on Saturday, but just kept grinding it out and played the full 60. And yeah, it was good to see that, you know, when you pop one on the ground, it is funny how everything else loosens up. And I thought Southern Illinois did a nice job containing us um, the week before. And then uh, when Tyler finally popped one on, on Saturday, it just felt like it opened everything up for us. But uh, yeah, we kept, kept at it. And uh, yeah, Missouri state's going to win a lot of games. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They're very talented. It'd be very interesting. They're home at Springfield this week against Southern Illinois. So that'll be an interesting game, but, uh, but yeah, I, every week is a grind in the Valley. Every week is a playoff game every week. And then it's just a matter. Do you make the playoffs? Right? Like, because every week literally is a playoff game. Yeah. That's the one fun thing about college football. I mean, all these games carry so much weight and yeah, again, for this team to get off the deck, like they, we saw them in this contest and punch back and stick together and really give a, a pretty raucous crowd a lot to cheer about. What a huge morale boost. And again, you get to two and one in the conference. You know, three and two overall. You have one more game before a bye. Tough road trip coming up. Again, Youngstown State, not an easy place to go play next Saturday at five o'clock. But you've got this great opportunity to finish out this segment of your season on a high, heal up a little bit, and then. And then you host South Dakota State, who's the number two team in the country. But again, every week, like I said, every week it's like this. But again, you can't say enough good things about how North Dakota football was able to perform in a big game scenario with not the season on the line, but, you know, you're playing a ranked team, top 10 team. You have a chance to make a statement at home on a homecoming, and they did just that. You know what it's like, Alex? It seems like even within the games, there's like forks. It's like, <laughs> do you go left or do you go right for your yeah. season, right? And then all of a sudden you go into the next game and it feels like another fork. And it, it just it's just fascinating how it all goes. But uh, crowd was great. Um, kudos to the crowd. It was loud. Uh, it was um, hard to play in the Alaris Center, which was great. And so, so yeah, you're right. Now we go to Youngstown and, you know, they gave the Bison a goal. I mean, they, they, that's, they, they've got a shifty running back and uh, it's going to be a challenge on the road for sure. Um, but, you know, I think our, our guys are confident and uh, they should be confident. And, uh, you know, hopefully, um, I think we've been playing pretty good complimentary football and special teams have been really good. And so, uh, you know, aside from the opening kickoff of the second half, which whatever, it's all good. Life happens. Life happens. I mean, it just, but, but we recovered very, very well off of that. And you know what? That complimentary football is huge. And then they end up missing the field goal and weirdly kind of gives you a little momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned the special teams, Brady Stevens, the special teams player of the week in the Valley for his efforts in the victory. Coming off of Cade Peterson being special teams player of the week the week before. The week before, exactly. So that's, that makes you feel pretty good when your punter and your kicker back-to-back special teams players or yeah, players of the week in the conference. Big win for this team. And as you said, yeah, on the road, Youngstown State. It's a 5 o'clock Central Time kick from Ohio. We hope that if you are not going to make the trip. I'm going to assume probably most people listening to this aren't necessarily going to be there in person. 
But you can watch the game live on Midco Sports, which is great. And it will be our production. Um, Brian Sean, Ryan Kosowski will be out there. So that's one of the one of the perks of this is that now the rest of the way, all these games, just like it was last week against Southern Illinois, these games are Midco broadcasts that you'll be able to watch from the comforts of home. You don't have to worry about figuring out how to get to Ohio. You can just enjoy. And uh, we're really excited for that coverage to continue. The guys have done a great job this year. It's bit, it is bittersweet for me. I've loved covering UND football the last six years. And it's been a adjustment to not be in the booth and doing those things. But we have Holy Cross at home this weekend for hockey. And you just can't be two places at once sometimes. And so it's, it's awesome that we've got so many really talented people a la Brian, to be able to step in. And there, obviously, zero drop-off whatsoever, if not maybe a little bit of improvement. Yeah. So, we have a, we have a yeah. deep bench at Midco. We have a very deep bench. Depth yes. is a strength with this unit. So, I think we have a deep bench in hockey, too. I think so, too. And let's get to that. So the hockey team got things going with a 5-1 exhibition win on Saturday night. Again, packed house for an exhibition. You love to see it. People excited to see this team ranked fourth in the country preseason. They're up to three now. This is a team that is going to be deep and fun to watch if Saturday is any indication. No surprise. A lot of skilled guys on this group again, Bill. Yeah, if we know anything about a long year is that you do need to be deep and uh, you just never know who's going to be in your lineup. But as, as Brad has said, if you've got a locker, if you've got one of the 27 lockers, uh, I'll tell you what, you're talented. And so obviously you can play at this level and yeah, the coaches might have decisions to make on certain games, but we know depth is incredibly important. We saw it this past week. We had some guys a little bit under the weather, and so we only played with 5D uh, until Mark Sundin, you know, took a few shifts back there. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it's it's important that we stay deep, and uh, you know, and you're going to go through some peaks and valleys uh, throughout the year. So uh, important that we have uh, um, all these guys. But yeah, it's exciting. Should be should be a fun, uh, you know, fun fun weekend coming up, and you know, whatever you can you know, gather from an exhibition game, but Holy Cross beating BC, uh, you know, uh, was pretty impressive. Yeah, that raises an eyebrow or two. Um, and that obviously would have been a Boston College team motivated with Greg Brown now as a head coach, his first bow in that role. This is a Holy Cross team that people didn't expect a ton of coming into the season. Again, picked to finish at the bottom of Atlantic, but that doesn't mean anything, right? That's just based on what you did last year. I think this North Dakota squad knows the importance of these games you don't these aren't these aren't games that you especially again to start the season you're at home you have a great opportunity to get the year off right even though the opposition is not ranked and it's not like the following week when it's going to be you know a national title contender coming in and it's not minnesota it's not vegas but brad berry does such a good job and the staff do such a good job of keeping the guys focused on the task at hand they'll know what they need to get done on Friday and Saturday. And I don't think they'll be overlooking the Crusaders. No, no, no. Those are the ones you have. So that that's what you go all in on it. So, uh, yeah, no, we'll have our hands full for sure. I mean, they'll be excited about playing at the Ralph and, uh, you know, for, for teams coming in, it'd be nothing better for them, right. To, uh, to send home folks disappointed, but our guys will be focused and uh, excited to play on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, I will say it was just a, such a wonky week for the team with yeah guys getting sick every day at practice. It was like, okay, who's who's healthy enough to go? And they had to cancel media day on Wednesday. And I know from a 
from a high level perspective, they were like, are we, are we feeling like we're going to get this exhibition match in? So the fact that they were able to do so, and you have five different goal scorers and like you said, guys just stepping up and playing different roles. Mark Sendin, by the way, he's the James Milner of this team, able to drop back and do whatever right. it takes. That's right. He was, he was, you know, so Wednesday was probably right at the peak where we just knew that it wasn't, that was not a good move to bring people together at that stage yeah. of the game. And and I think our thought process was, well, if that was kind of the peak and then we were kind of cascading down, we felt pretty good about Saturday, but it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And having lived for the last two years, eh, people, people have come to expect to sometimes there's cancellations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were thankful that it wasn't called off this weekend and great to see again, guys getting healthy again, and we should have a full deck. Uh, come Friday, Saturday for a, a fun matchup against Holy Cross. Hey, can I mention one quickie is that, uh, and I talked to Jody yesterday and we got kind of a fun thing going on. So there's going to be like a friends and family four pack in the highest levels of sections 310 and 311. So if you go to the REA's website or even uh, fightinghawks.com, you can get an awesome opportunity to get uh, into the Ralph this weekend while tickets last. You got to buy a minimum of four tickets for $10 a piece uh, and no more than nine. And so there's going to be some fees that are attached to it. But basically, uh, we want to try to fill fill the Ralph up and maybe expose it to, to some folks uh, as well. Uh, so um, just FYI. So we've got that ticket promotion going on. Yeah, that is an awesome deal, again, for families to be able to get out and see a game. And just because, again, the atmosphere inside that place is second to none of any place you're going to go, any sport, anything in the country. It, that's awesome. What a cool thing to get to bring to the community. So take advantage of that. Holy Cross this weekend again, 7 o'clock on Friday, 6 o'clock on Saturday. Our pregame show will start a half hour before, so be sure to tune in if you can't get there in person. And then, yeah, it's such a wild schedule. Quinnipiac comes to town the next week, number seven in the country, one of the titled contenders. Next week, it's at Minnesota. And then it's Vegas for the Hockey Hall of Fame game against Arizona State. And then it's NCHC play. <laughs> we're in it bill it is off and we're running and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and get to get to know this team and see how things go over the course of the season well so much so i'm going to watch the the puck drop on friday night and uh i'm going to uh meet the football team i'm going to fly to pittsburgh on saturday so uh, i'll try to check in on kenny pickett a little bit make sure he's okay (laughs) and then uh and then get over to youngstown and, and and hopefully bring home a w Picket watch is on, everybody. Picket watch. We're going to oh, talk about that. Oh, no, it's, it, it's here. We're, it's we're here. here. We're here. We've arrived. We've arrived. That's right. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. We're not even watching anymore. It, it is happening. It is happening. It is happening. Uh, one quick thing. We mentioned the Hockey Hall of Fame game coming up at the end of the month. The U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame welcomed in two of North Dakota's own, by the way. We didn't mention this last pod, but Monique and Jocelyn Lamroux now inductees, part of the five-member class of the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Such a huge deal. I mean, this is such a big honor for these two. And they're so deserving. Two of the shining lights of, of hockey in this country over time. Now they get recognized here just a couple of years after their retirement. Amen. I, I can't say anything more than that. I mean, so well-deserved and we're excited for them. Yeah, very, very cool. You can catch, by the way, Monique on our pregame show this week. Monique, along with a couple others, a part of this rotating cast of characters that are going to be a part of our pregame show, actually in Section 309. So right next to the Family Four-Pack session, we'll have our desk up and and ready to go with Taylor Budge hosting. So again, if you can't be there in person, you're going to be treated to a great show to get you built up for the game. So congrats again to Monique and Joss on the honor. Uh, Last quick thing from a 
Mulberry Bush standpoint, cross-country not in action this weekend. They were in action last week at the Roy Griak Invitational in Minneapolis. Men placed 15th as a team, women 18th. A couple of PRs on the men's side, Luke Labatt and Justin Jellica. Tom Scott said, we had a great day as a team. We saw people run 30 seconds faster than they had on this course a season ago. We're going to keep building just two meets left. Well, actually, one meet left in the regular season, and then it's the Summit League Championships in Grand Forks next month. It's all about coming to a head where you want your kids to peak. Looks like this group is doing so. Yeah, the 29th, we host uh, the Summit League Championships here uh, in Grand Forks. We have a home football game, and of course, there's just a little hockey game in Vegas. <laughs> it's like homecoming 2.0. That's really. right. That's right. That's yeah. okay. I mean, that's, that's what happens, right? You have multiple sports, and these are sometimes the schedules that occur. So, and I should mention one more time, I, again, I, that Abilene Christian game was, was kind of a late, a late, uh, I don't know, uh, transfer of dates, if you will. And so, uh, initially that was going to be our bye week and, you know, and, and the way it all played itself out once the Southland and the whack did weird things, uh, long story short, that was the date that worked. Uh, and so you, you're never going to say no to a home game. Yeah. No. Amen. Yeah. So that's that's why that's why all these things are happening on the same day. But you get like I said, great ones adjust. You make it work. Do a little double divide screening. and conquer. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. So, Bill, anything else from a UND perspective that stands out? I don't out? think so. I think we can flip it real, real quick on the B yeah, side. Going to be tight. A tight. tight B side. You mentioned orange card earlier. Do you want to talk North London Derby very quickly? Your thoughts about Arsenal's three yeah, one victory I, you know, over your Spurs? Can I can I say this is that um, in, in this is going to go a little bit to um, I thought the new new rule change in hockey was great, right? I mean, as far yes. as what we saw um, mm-hmm. with the major piece, and, and so you never want to see a major, and so uh, Louis got a, a five minute, but it wasn't a five in a game, and so you know in in the Tottenham match, it was just interesting when you go sh- to straight red. I almost wonder. Do you go to VAR just to make sure you get it right? I mean, it feels like that needs to be a hundred zero uh, call. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, you know, it was. Uh, look, it. I, I'm not sure Tottenham was going to win that match because they never win it, it, there. So at the end of the day, there's that. And, and so, it, it, but it just felt like once you go down to ten men, eh, the game's pretty much over at that mat, at that point. Well, Antonio Conte said the the game was killed. The game was killed off. And then even though it was 2-1, it was going to be tough for them to come back. So that's, you know, what do you do? You have a busy stretch coming up. Fighting like everybody. Fronts here. Like, like everybody. everybody else. Everything gets smashed up. World Cup starts in like six weeks. It's crazy. We got to get all the we got to get all these games in. So yeah, I feel yeah. for these guys. There's so much on the odometer, Alex. I, I just between the travel piece and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess you just do it. I just hope that your roster is deep enough, but it, it, you got to sustain some injuries. I know Liverpool's had, you know, issues. Uh, I think they've had roster issues, right? Yeah, been a tough season for the Reds. They drew 3-3 this weekend to Brighton under new management. Um, so it's just, yeah, they're working through some stuff. I think it's just it's one of those years. Bit of a hangover year for the Reds. A lot of guys just struggling to cope with the amount of games they played last year, the quick turnaround to this year. Some injuries have hampered them as well. They're they're struggling right I now. Think, I think you have Arsenal coming in this week, though, right? Boy, honestly, I, think, I have not I think even you do. I, I think you they do. They have a so, Champions League game midweek, and yep. then, yeah, you're probably right. I think Rangers, we have Rangers this week, and then Oof. 
I'm taking it one. I'm taking it one match at a time. I got Rangers coming up tomorrow. Good I, for you. You're just you're that's you're eating an elephant right now. That's right. You one bite at a time, Bill. One that's it. Bite at a time. That you are not looking ahead to the weekend. <laughs> although although Spurs have Brighton, who's played well. They've been good. They're top five or top four right now, Brighton. So they're a good team. Grand Potter's left for Chelsea, but they're still they the the bones are still pretty good. The infrastructure is there. They'll be they'll be a tough out. Although pre-pod we mentioned, oof, we're all chasing City. Literally, no one is going to beat that team. Erling, did you see the numbers on this? So Erling Hollands has got three hat tricks this season. It took him eight games to get three hat tricks. The next closest in Premier League history, I think, Michael Owen at forty-eight. He did it in forty fewer matches, Bill. That's over a season's worth. He's really this good. Guy, this guy on this team, it's just not fair. It's not it's fair. fair. That's exactly right. It's not fair. So, yeah, they're good. Uh, now, it is a long year. Who knows what happens? You could have guys. They're so deep, though. I This is their this is their year. And forget the Premier League. It's whether or not they win the Champions League or not. Yeah, that's the golden goose for them. And it, feel, it feels like the way that other teams around Europe, again, Bayern feels like they're down a bit. Barcelona's kind of a mess. Madrid is maybe in transition with Casemiro going out, but it, it feel, PSG is whatever. It just seems like everybody, all the greats, are maybe not quite in the same position as City are. City are poised to win it this season. Yeah. We yep. hope they don't, but they probably will. Stay tuned to the pod. <laughs> and we'll, we'll we'll go down that path. You just never know. Injuries could play a big role. You never know. You never know. You never know. So I'll get you out on this. You have to go to one word. Kenny Pickett thoughts on the debut this last week. Thank you. Ah! Just, thank you. <laughs> that's that's two words. But there you go. I'm with you. But it, but it, you but this is the change. year of gratitude, said uh, Dr. Armacost. And so I'm just being very, very thankful that um, we are finally into the picket era because the Trubisky <laughs> era. Ooh, ooh. It was dark, man. It was dark. Hey, man, I'd rather throw the ball downfield. And, you know, our, our I'm not sure what our receivers are doing, but I will tell you this. They're they're providing opportunities for defensive backs. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Ooh. But I, you know what? Start the picket era and go. Yeah, I think you have to let him let him go. See yeah. what he's got. It could be ugly in Buffalo this week. It could be tough time to throw him in there. Hey, why not? Right. That's we, right. If if uh, Bailey Zappi can handle Lambo, why can't Kenny handle Orchard Park? <laughs> Let's <Come on>. go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> on that note, we got to say goodbye for another edition of the Bill Shapes podcast. Hey, he's Bill. I'm Alex. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.